Hello and welcome to the Blackthorn Grove. This is the very first live broadcast of the Blackthorn Grove podcast and I'm really excited for the show that I've got for you today. We're all winging it. This is this is brand new territory. I am streaming from StreamYard to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and a couple other different spots, including our YouTube channel. So absolutely give me a follow and I really appreciate you. For those of you who are new here, I am Amy Blackthorne and this is the Blackthorne Grove, a podcast where witchcraft meets with good friends over tea to talk about nature and the magic of community. Today I am having a little bit of helping hand. It's nice and warm. Actually, it's very hot. <laughs> this is has has been a very rainy July very, so far. This is the seventh of July, seven seven, lucky number seven. So it is been rainy and gross and hot and cold, hot cold. So I'm enjoying a nice cup of helping hand with mint, almond, and vanilla. So. Today, my guest is the amazing and incredible Victoria Laurie, uh, my, my, such a dear, dear person. I am really excited to bring to you the message of these incredible books that, that Victoria's been writing. And I can't wait to see the questions and comments from our studio audience. We'll let people start trickling in as we get introduced to the fabulous Victoria. Hi, Amy. It's your face. <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm late. Oh, God, what a day. What a day. <laughs> I'm like, I have time. I have time. I don't have time. <laughs> you have all the time. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I forgot that the that you were running this on Chrome, and um, I'm always on Safari, so I was like, I don't know my power. <laughs> it's all good. When I first, uh, I first checked this out with Tiffany Boggins from Witch Lab had me on Witch Lab Wednesday Live for her podcast. And I thought this is the neatest thing. You can stream it to all the different places, all the different platforms, and everybody gets a copy. Oh my God, that's so funny because I was just telling Sandy, I'm like, there has to be literally this was the conversation. I said there has to be one place where you can record it and it just uploads by itself. Um, like someone, someone needs to invent that. And I said, when they do, Amy will find it. <laughs> Amy found it. <laughs> so, um, so we'll have to like have a tutorial for, for Sandy and myself. Yes, because your podcast is amazing and more people need to see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So do people need to be on Chrome to access the podcast as well? No, no, any, any any platform there they'll go to facebook or they'll go to youtube and they'll be able to see it brand new live as it's happening and the comments will appear in the bar off to your right hand side so it'll say comments we'll get to read questions we'll get to talk to new listeners and i figured because do you want to start with books or do you want to talk about your podcast where do you want to start i mean they don't know anything yet <laughs> okay so I am Victoria Laurie. Um, I have been a professional. I've been two things for 23 years. I've been a professional intuitive psychic medium, and um, I've also been an author. I've written, I think I'm on my 40th book. I honestly think I'm on number 40. Yes. Um, so I write the Psychic Eye Mystery Series. I write the Ghost Hunter Mystery Series. I write the uh, Life Coaching Mystery Series. Um, I write the Spellbound Mystery Series, um, what's really more uh, urban fantasy. Um, I have written a really, really popular YA book called When, and just got its sequel launched uh, called Whenever, because of course. Of course. Um, right? If I write a third, we'll be wherever. Um, or maybe where. I don't know. I might mix it up. Um, and... You know, I've been reading for clients all over the world for 23 years. Um, so uh, I do a psychic medium kind of combo thing. Uh, I start off all my readings by opening up the gateway between this side and the other side. Um, I get various relatives in uh, who identify themselves sometimes, sometimes very comically. Um, it's amazing how good women are at charades and how terrible men are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, like, I don't know why he's showing me a teddy bear, but that's what he's showing me. You know, he's he's doing a little dance. I'm not sure what's supposed I to be know. doing. 
don't make me say that. Please don't make me say that. Please don't make me something more than that. And they just stand there holding it. You know? <laughs> Brady caught on television with a red light, you know, like, um, so yeah. So I bring them in, identify them, pass on anything that they might want to say. Mostly they're just like, heaven is awesome. Um, and you know, love you. Um, they get, uh, oh, and they get excited about like vacations and stuff. They're always like ready to go on vacation with someone. So if you're ready to go on vacation, expect most of your deceased loved ones to be tagging along. Cause they didn't get to go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and, uh, and then I do a future forecast. So I'm looking at the next 12 months for my clients and seeing what I see coming down the pike. Um, and that's, I think that's how we met, right? You signed up for a reading? I did. Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 I've been reading your books forever. And when I, your newsletter said, Hey, come in and check it out for a reading. And I had such a great time. We, we bonded instantly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. We connected right away. You've read for me and it was fantastic. Um, Thank you. Yes. You've taken um, a couple of my, uh, I think a couple of you only taken one or a couple, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. A couple can, a couple readings, including someone fabulous. Uh, classes. Yeah. Star student here, folks. Star student. It would be like, all right, now I know this might be hard for some of you, except for Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Away she goes. Away she goes. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun getting to know you. So, um, yeah, do we have nobody? Nobody's jumping Not on? Yet. Not yet. Oh, um, yeah. I am. I'm so tickled you're here. <laughs> You've got my undivided, under, undivided attention, sweetheart. What do you want to know? Fantastic. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Ask me anything. AMA. I would love to know if this is the right time to, you know, once once my current commitments are fulfilled, if I should just dive in on this novel, if I should just keep doubting myself. Honestly, it's past two. Like the one thing I love about you, Amy, is that you really are a master of juggling, of juggler. You are a master juggler for sure. And you can handle so many different things at once. And this is a way to kind of pull it all together um, it combines your love of witchcraft, combines your love of magic, combines your love of mystery, combines your love of humor, wit. And um, I really think that you're in a space right now that's so great. Um, and having gone through like a little the personal stuff that you went through last year um, gives sort of a round, roundedness to the character to kind of come from a place of rebirth and rejuvenation and re-identification, um, that's going to be super interesting. So I think right now, like I say it's past you, but past you by like a week. So I jump in. Love it. Fantastic. Dive in, girlfriend. Yeah. And this is something you want to turn into a series, correct? Yes. Because I see eight books. So there might be more, but I, at this moment, where's the camera? Eight. <laughs> um, it's confusing. Um, you see the hallway in my office, between my office and my bedroom. There's, I've got a murder board on the wall made out of post-it notes. I love it. I absolutely believe it. It's like, you know, like give yourself, um, give yourself a deadline and aim toward it. Um, I, I, I teach writing, uh, novel writing as well, and I always tell my students, listen, what you need is momentum. That's it. That's all you need. So even if you write one page a day, which is, you know, sometimes that's a, that's my most turnout in a day. Um, even if you write one page a day, if you do that consistently, you will have a book in no time. Honestly, yeah, no. in no time. So, you know, if you write three pages a day, you'll have a book in ninety days. You know, however you want to, however you want to spin it. Um, and three pages a day is nothing. It takes. No takes 15 minutes to write a page. So we're talking 45 minutes maximum um, to kick out three pages. And you've got that, you can do that. So just get some momentum going. I mean, I don't need to tell you because you're pretty good at kicking out. <laughs> but um, all you need is momentum. All you need is like that first page, that first really good paragraph and off to the races you go. Are you someone that likes to outline? Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got the outline, I've got the 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 full board, I've got ten or so pages. I just 
I, I for some reason I lost the momentum and I haven't been able to get back to it. So I'm going to send you. Um, <laughs> this has become like our conversation. Screw the podcast. This is just us. Um, I'm going to send you a spreadsheet that uh, tracks your word count and page count, and all you have to do is enter the page you start on, the page you stop, or the page you stop on. Excuse me, page you start on, the page you stop on, and then it'll repopulate going down the pages that you you started on for the next day. So if you start on page zero, just enter zero, and then um, enter the page you stop on, and it'll populate down one column or one row. Excuse me. Uh, into the next day, and your word count. So you start at zero, and then you put in <clears throat> your word count, and it tracks all that. And it also tabulates roughly how many words you have left to go. Um, so roughly, you know, novels are between seventy and a hundred thousand words. So I aimed, you know, I aimed it at like eighty-five. Um, so uh, most eighty-five thousand, uh, eighty-five words. <laughs> Short story. Um, she came, she was murdered. The end. Um, for those of you playing the home game, Blackthorn's Botanical Magic is 85,000 words. Like, that's a giant book in workbook form, but in novel form, it's just this big. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, yeah, 85,000 words, you can kick that out. And fiction writes a lot faster than nonfiction, obviously. Oh, my goodness, yes. Mm -hmm. So, you should have this out in like no time. Wonderful. We have a question from Judy. Okay. Is there reincarnation? Oh my God. So Judy, you're going to love this. So for a book, I did like weeks of research, weeks of research um, on reincarnation. I didn't know, I didn't really suspect that I was very much a believer until I started doing this research. So the University of Virginia, Virginia has an entire department devoted to reincarnation. And after, you know, doing the right down the rabbit hole, I went, um, 100%, 100% convinced that reincarnation is a thing. They've shown that to me from the other side as well. So like um, if someone lost a baby, you know, fairly early on, or, you know, they lost a newborn or they lost a child, uh, you know, usually under the age of 10, um, they've shown me like this, which means the child is recycled through. So if you're curious about reincarnation, I highly, highly, highly recommend you dive, uh, do a, a deep rabbit hole dive at the University of Virginia, the study, or excuse me, the Department of Reincarnation Studies. So last time I checked, I think they had 20,000 cases of proven, no other explanation at all, proven cases of reincarnation. And they only will accept um, applications from uh, parents of children who are, I think, 10 and under, because they figure with the internet and everything else, it's just too easy to sort of go looking up stuff and then making up stuff. So they put them through a very lengthy interview process. And at the end of that, they determine whether or not, yes, this child is, you know, was your grandmother in a previous life or, um, yeah, no, not this one. But what's really fascinating, I think the most fascinating part of that whole deep dive was discovering that often when people die violently, they come back in this life uh, showing a birthmark of where, uh, of where that violence happened. So one of the most astonishing photos I saw was a, little, uh, a young boy in India um, <clears throat> where they fully accept reincarnation. It's like, you know, that's part of their culture. Um, and uh, he had remembered hanging. He was a man who was hung in his previous life. And on the back of his neck was a birthmark that literally looked like a, the braids of a rope burned into the back of his neck. It was crazy. It was wow. crazy. Yeah. So bizarre. So um, I highly recommend anybody who's curious about uh, reincarnation to do a deep dive into that uh, Department of Information Studies. So there are a lot of uh, videos about it. There's a lot of literature about it. Um, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So yeah, reincarnation is real. And now I wonder if uh, Judy has any memories of previous life. Like, do you, <laughs> you know, usually you can, usually there's some, if you died sort of prematurely, usually um, there is some sort of fear that you have that's kind of unnatural. 
fact, you know, like I have a very deep fear of dark water. Mm-hmm. I don't know who doesn't have a fear of dark water, but like I have a panic, you know, inducing fear of dark water. And um, I was a I was a diver and I was a springboard and platform diver um, in high school and college. But you put me in at night in the in any kind of water. I'm like, oh, no, no, thank you. No, 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 not happening. Um, so, and there was another case I heard that I thought was so interesting. There was a little girl who would become absolutely undone every time her mother went to take a shower. Like this girl just was, you know, uh, inconsolable. So, um, they did an interview with this girl and discovered that she had been in Auschwitz. She was uh, taken to the showers in Nazi Germany. Um, so as a little, as a little girl, when her mother would go take a shower, she became totally undone because she thought, you know, mom's going to die. Mm. So it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating and um, sobering at the same time, you know, to kind of consider, hmm, you know, how did you go out the last like? Judy says, I have a fear of choking. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a fear also of like, I can't even, sometimes I can't even remember turn back. Like a scar. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Right? Like it gives me the heebies. So, Regular crew neck t-shirts. Oh, it's, it chokes yeah. me. Yeah. Like I always just wear v-necks because I can't stand anything around here. So I wonder, you know, I wonder. And then I also have a, um, I'm very claustrophobic. So, it could have been multiple ways you went out. I mean, you had to go out some way, right? Exactly. And let's face it, you know, up until, I mean, it's really just been the last century and a half um, that uh, most people didn't die right, of violence. So or go out kind of not, not, not in a nice way, right? This whole notion that we die in our sleep is, I think, we're really relatively new to oh, yeah. human civilization. So, um, pushing in the factory with like an aversion to all sorts of stuff, I think. So I got my diving certification, but the the thought of trying cave diving or no claustrophobia just goes right through the roof and get claustrophobic looking up at the surface because I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if it's too far away, if I know intuitively like I can't swim up there on like one breath, I get really claustrophobic. Absolutely. It's, woo. <laughs> Cave diving. Oh, God, no. That's like a worst nightmare. No, thank you. Yeah. I, the, the best man at my first wedding uh, is one of a hand, probably 10 cave divers in the world who would go to this one spot. I'm clank, clank, because I can't do it. The thought of it, just terrifying. Right. And you think about those poor people that um, passed away on the... Um, the implosion, the, mm-hmm. um, like, mm, that is not, a, that is not a pleasant way to go. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. I don't even know if you'd be aware of it though. Like it, you know, it would happen so fast. I'm hoping that it was catastrophic enough that it was quick. Yeah. I can't imagine that it would be slow. No, but not with the sounds that they recorded. What? Not the sounds that they recorded? Yeah. So it was just bang. like a pancake. I mean, that's, what is it? I can't remember how many pounds of pressure, but all of that water. Yeah. There's a a dive park not too far from here and you can get down to three or four atmospheres and they had a couple different spaces where you could go and check out. Uh, They had a school bus you could dive through. You could float, you know, they had a Sikorsky helicopter you could check out at around two atmospheres. It's, Dutch Springs is a lot of fun, but I I can't get over the difference between open water where you can see things and see people and no thank you with the small things. You kind of think like, how did it happen? You know, you could have been on a boat that sank mm-hmm. and that's that enclosed space that you can't get out of when you drown in. Um, you could have been like tossed over the side, um, tied to something, you know. Um, you could have been a cave diver gone in and um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of think about like 
how that all came about. Interesting in a creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting from afar. So, yeah. So what else do you what else? What, what makes you feel strong and empowered as a as an author, as a psychic, as an intuitive? What what makes you feel like you know I I got I got the thing I did it. Crossing. <laughs> nice. Yes. Absolutely. Talk about that. <laughs> um, on an intellectual level, um, I think you know having a reading where you can see that you're just confirming what your client suspected or was hoping for. Do you know? Yes. Makes me feel really, really good. I read for a woman the other day and I was telling her about her financial situation and her eyes kept, you know, kind of doing that. And then she <laughs> filled in the blank and literally said, well, you know, you said this would happen here. Well, this happened here. Da -da -da -da. And it was uh, as if she'd already had the conversation with me. So that was, those confirmations are really, really cool. Or when I get someone in from the other side who gives me just something so specific, it could only have come from them, you know? Um, uh, that gives me a, a really good high. Um, putting the ending on a book, feeling like there could have been no other ending for that book, that gives me, you know, like when you get me with a cliffhanger? I'm sorry? Like when you get with a cliffhanger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cliffhangers. Um, I know. I got a lot of flack about that. People were <laughs> for that. Sorry. You know, sorry. It might happen again. Uh, you, did a, you did a great job. Well, you know, I did, I, on the one hand, it's sorry, not sorry. But on the other hand, I did take three years um, mm -hmm. to bring the next book out. So I should have kick that out sooner like it should have been ended on a on a cliffhanger and then i'm already halfway through the next book so you don't have to wait too long because i understand that anxiety i get it so um next time i'll just make sure that they're a little closer together a lot closer um yeah that cliffhanger was specifically crafted because um i had um i had some uh, people tell me that they would read the ending of the book to find out who did it prior to. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, okay. Maybe I'll not know. I can't imagine that or the people who say they skip prologues. Like, why would you, why, why would you do that? I, I do not know. <laughs> I, know. I never go to the end and I never skip prologues because there's always something really good in the prologue. You know? That's where that's that's where the good gotchas are are hiding in the prologue. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, we all like to play detective, I think. Um, but I understand the anxiety. You know, some people just can't take. Like, I, that's why I can't watch basketball. You know, they're up to, they're up to, they're down to, they're up to, they're down to. I like I could, that's that's all. You know, um, yes. The the Pistons here in the Metro Detroit area in Detroit, they ruined me. They absolutely ruined me. Too many too many close games. I can't take them. So I get them. I understand. Um, still don't want you to put the end of the, the end of my book that so. The so. comment here is I would never skip to the end, it would ruin everything. I yeah. It, it really does. I understand skipping over the, the tightness in the chest and the anxiety in your arms and the, the physical manifestations of that anxiety. But right. from a storytelling standpoint, like that's that's I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Wait till you craft your own novel and you are so careful to keep who did it a secret, you know? Like that's something that I really pride myself about is um, I, I make it really hard for you to figure out who did it. Um, and I have a, I, t I test everything by, I have a really dear friend of mine who's now a retired APD detective. Um, Austin, often Austin police detective. And so I run everything by her. And if she guesses it before like the last 10 pages, then I'll, I'll, gotta, <laughs> I'll hide a few more things. Um, so, you know, I work at it. That's something that I have a lot of pride for. I don't want you to guess it. So um, uh, it, it's, it's tough when it's your novel and someone 
spoils it a little bit. Like, like if you do that, you do that. That's that's your own thing, right? right. That's your book. You purchased it. Go for it. But don't tell me. Lots <laughs> <laughs> of stuff, you know? Yes. That just makes me go challenge accepted. So, sorry. You know? I've been doing master classes with Neil Gaiman and Dan Brown talking about writing thriller and crafting those pieces. And when they started talking about writing the ending first, I'm like, but that's, that's anathema to, to how you read a book. And so it took me a while to get around the thought of, yeah, start at the end so you know where you're going. Yeah. Um, I don't, I never write at the end. I always write straight through. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't outline. I'm not, I'm called a pantser, but uh, make up as you go along kind of person. Make it by the seat of your pants. Um, I've, I've been forced to do, under contract, I've been forced to do outlines and then check those and write my own thing. Um, you know, like, okay, fine, I'm under contract. Here's the general gist of what it's going to be, but you're still going to be surprised when you get it. <laughs> um, and uh, so I almost always, almost always know who did it diving in. But there have been many times where I've been like, I don't know, pick a guy, that guy, um, as I'm writing it, you know, like, oh, I need a villain. Yeah. Let me put that one in here. Um, so it's hard because um, it's either, it's almost always the guy that's like super nice or the obvious villain, you know, and it can be really hard to create enough distraction and enough red herrings to pull you away from your one firm's um, suspicion. So like if, if you guess who it is, you guess who it is with my books, but you're going to go back and forth. I want you to go back and forth. I want you to be like, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's, that's the goal. It's harder than it looks. <laughs> it definitely looks hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you started writing your uh, ghost hunter series, how much research were you able to get done did you go out in the field or is it all home research? Research, somewhat deplorable. Uh, I think I do research. <laughs> that is hilarious. I don't do a lot of research. I make it up. I make most of it up. So like, um, I might hear of a tale. Um, my agent provided me sort of the impetus for the second book in that series. Um, he was reading a book called weird New York. Mm-hmm. There was the story of <clears throat> a man wielding a hatchet running around chasing after people. Um, but this same man had been doing that for 50 years um, and uh, never aged. So it was ghosts, right? Running around threatening to um, chop people up. And I love that. So of course, got to do a mystery around that. But like, I don't do a lot of research. I honestly don't. Um, I might for something that's on a topic that I don't know a lot about, like reincarnation. I didn't know a lot about it going in, but I know a lot about ghosts. I know a lot about um, uh, the other side, how they operate, how they communicate, all that good stuff. Um, I know a lot about doing my stuff, my psychic shtick. So it's sort of right what you know kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't really do a lot of research. I know there are people out there like, what? Blasphemer. <laughs> like the problem with doing research is that I find everything so fascinating and so interesting that um, I get lost in these radicals for days and days and days. And you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, it's been 10 days and I've written four words. Um, maybe it's time to pull away from, you know, the web for a minute and get some work done. So I don't, I don't research a lot. I kind of just pick that up. Right now I'm writing Blackthorn's book of sacred plant magic. And I got stuck on fennel for three days. Uh, <laughs> Euripides okay. talks about uh, Dionysus carrying a fennel staff. And so his priestesses, the Maenads, would carry fennel staffs. And, I, and I'm digging into Euripides for three days and not writing any words. Just going, okay, do I graph for one sentence? That's <laughs> That's it, right? And that sentence is so important to you, but other people just read it and keep going. Yeah. Um, and you're like, man, that was a high price to pay for that sentence. But whew, 
it's in there. I got it in there. Um, yeah, no, that is, that's a common thing that happens. You spend all that time and, um, you know, it's like currency. You spend all that currency, but like it's very valuable on the sentence that may or may not stand out in the overall book itself anymore. Exactly. People just skim over it. They don't know what it cost me. <laughs> you know, an asterisk, you know, for a note at the bottom, like, I spent three days coming up with this sentence. You guys don't fucking read it. <laughs> you appreciate me right now. Loyal <laughs> price that I paid. So, yeah. All good. I think one of my favorite gotchas during your, um, I think it was the second round of intuition workshops that we did was talking about travel and locations and trying to figure out who was traveling when and in the next six months. And I, uh, my partner, unbeknownst to me at the time, lived in Michigan. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out where they're going to go. And I, I just hold, I've got a, I've got a prick in my finger. You're going right here. You're going right there. And I'm like, I don't know what this means, but obviously you might. <laughs> she said, oh yeah, my dad's got a cabin out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so, you know, um, intuition is such a such an interesting thing. It's uh, far more dimensional, three-dimensional three than I think people think. Um, you know, it's not surface level. You can go really deep and you can get sort of, um, like for travel, just what you were saying, you can get, when I look at stuff, I'm looking at topography. And I've been fortunate to have been in a lot of places in this world. So a lot of it, I, I can kind of recognize. Or I've seen enough, um, you know, pictures, images, or video of a certain location. Um, and there is always a sense of direction based on where I am right now. So it's like uh, right is east, left is west, south is down, north is up. Um, and then it just depends on how far that feels from you. So um, it's easy for me to detect the UK. That's a no-brainer. It's easy for me to detect uh, Asia. That's kind of a no-brainer. Um, South America gets a little bit trickier. My geography down uh, south of the equator is almost good. Um, but Mexico, piece of cake. Caribbean, piece of cake. Um, Iceland, piece of cake. Um, mostly because the topography on Iceland looks like no other place on Earth. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there are no trees because the Vikings chopped them all down. Um, and, you know, there's a volcano. There's an active volcano. So why piece of cake? Um, I can usually nail down even which island you're going to because uh, I've been there several times. So um, to several islands. So um, the travel aspect of it is a forte of mine that I, I love kind of showing off because uh, I can <laughs> <laughs> I might not be able to tell you, you know, who you're going to end up with as a lover in this life, but I can tell you where you're going for vacation next Christmas. So, um, yeah, that's always fun. And the physical stuff too, like when people have health concerns, yes. it's always interesting to me when I tune in on that, what feels like it's drawing my energy, you know, um, uh, I had someone the other day and I was like, really drawn to their blood and there was oh they had a vascular disease that's it they had a vascular disease and i just could i was like there's something going on in the blood and i could it didn't feel like diabetes and i could figure it out and then um they're a rare form of like blood cancer um their sister this was their sister i was doing it and um uh it's really interesting um how i just like got pulled into the bloodstream um i was like that's that's the place I need to talk about. So, yeah. Since we're talking about tuning in, how does that translate to your podcast? So, as you mentioned, <laughs> um, so my sister and I do a true crime pro uh, podcast. It's called the Psychic Guy Mystery Podcast, PEM Podcast, PPM uh, Podcast. Sandy does all the research, um, talk about going down rabbit holes. Thank God she does the research because I would never get a word written if, I, if that were left up to me. 
And um, so she comes up with cases, um, usually they're unsolved mysteries, mm-hmm. or they've been solved. It's like, did this person really do it? And I kind of like looking at those the best, um, because sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. Um, so uh, she comes up with the cases, and then um, I put my intuitive spin on it. So I try and look at the crime intuitively. I try and look at the suspects intuitively. Um, uh, I try and, if the body is missing, I try and find the sort of location of where I think everything went down or where that person is, might be buried. Um, uh, so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a different way of blowing my radar that's absolutely fascinating and also heartbreaking at the same time. Yes, absolutely, yes. So we do some cases, we, Sandy and I have decided like, we're just not gonna do a lot of um, children murdered cases anymore because that's it's too hard. Oh my God, yeah. Um, we did one case of a, of a young girl in, I think it was Georgia, um, and she just left her house one night and was never seen again. She was like eight. And um, I connected really strongly with what happened to her that evening. And I was an absolute wreck for like a month. I really was a wreck for a month. It was horrible what happened to her. Um, so, you know, it's always a little bit of a risk uh, tuning in on murder, mayhem, violence, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I think it's important work too um, because we're highlighting basically, and that's why we had you on uh, this week which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Thank you I, for having me. Yeah. Oh my God. We loved it. We loved it. My sister and I, you know, just back and forth. She's such a badass, right? <laughs> uh, we can't wait to have you on again, Amy. Um, and uh, so Amy is sort of a subject matter expert at getting out of trouble. So when trouble finds you, knowledge from Amy is absolutely key to have. You know, she'll get you out of the trunk. She'll get you out of handcuffs. She'll get you out of ransom uh, situations. Um, so she is definitely someone we're following. And your protective magic book is something on like Thank you. Yeah, I'm like, people download this, get this, buy this. <laughs> um, uh, it's really important, you know, women, uh, violence against women is not going down. It's absolutely going, uh, I think, up. I think more, more men are far more willing to be violent to women than they ever have been. Um, thank you, 2016. Um, so yeah, it's important work. Um, but we loved having you on. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I had a friend, uh, who was, uh, writing a thriller who, um, was talking about it on Facebook and he's like, I just, I've got to figure out a way to get my hero away from the serial killer. And so I'm, I call him on the phone. I'm teaching him how to pick the handcuffs That's <laughs> over awesome. the phone. It's awesome. I'm like, you know what? More people need to know how what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, getting out of handcuffs, I don't think is anything that normally occurs to us, right? Because we, we consider, like, when you think of handcuffs, you think, okay, I'm under arrest, right? Um, and so most people, I think, are normally think of themselves as good people. Yeah. So they're not going to get into a situation where handcuffs are thrown on them. So just having being bound by handcuffs has to cause a little bit um, of panic in and of itself. So um, I love that you know how to get yourself out. <laughs> I think just think that's so cool. So. I tease my therapist that every time I've got a problem I don't know how to handle, I go and take a class on something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So what else do you want? Do you have a, um, a series of intuition classes coming up since we mentioned them? Yeah, I was absolutely going to um, toss one out there this summer. And then um, I took a look at what I have to write, what I have to do, and the fact that it's summer and I really, really want a little time. Good, so, good. So um, I have a really dear friend of mine who owns property uh, in, on uh, Port Huron, and uh, she's like, come stay the summer so it, i just might do that and there's no internet so um, I know. 
uh, and I'm terrible with, you know, like, oh my God, I'm losing uh, Wi-Fi points or whatever it is, you know, like use up so much data. Right. No, can't do that. So, um, so if I, I do another one, I probably will do one um, in the fall. That's fantastic. Cool. It makes it easier for people not worrying about missing vacations and whatnot. Right. Exactly. It's so hard it's- for people to four classes in a row in the summer. Because mm-hmm. we all have stuff going on. So enjoy yourself. So they can sign up for your newsletter, maybe? Yes. So if you go to www.victorialaurie.com, Laurie is spelled L-A-U-R-I-E, you can see it right there. Um, uh, dot com. There's all sorts of information. Uh, the very first thing that pops up is a uh, an invitation to sign up for my newsletter. I announce all of my classes and book launches and um, like all sorts of stuff, really, uh, on that newsletter. So um, AMAs, stuff that's coming up with my Patreon page. Um, so on my Patreon page, too, if uh, you're interested, I, I host usually once a month at least once a month, um, an AMA, ask me anything. So if you sign up for uh, my Patreon page, it's $2.50 a month. Um, (laughs) I want to make it affordable for everybody. Um, Then uh, you can jump on one of my AMAs and literally ask me anything, and I will answer it for you. So, um, well, most things. (laughs) Most things. Hey there, Katrina. I just want to let you know that uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Is there a way to know whether or not your family has, has come to visit? Um, you mean like uh, in a dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a dream, and if they've come to visit, you know, in your home, if they've, if they've just been around. So um, the dead loves to love to kind of, um, make themselves known in ways that aren't going to scare the shit out of you. So that's why, that. that's why if you have a dream about grandpa, you know, um, like he just shows up, that's really what we call a visitation. So he might enter your dream state and participate in your dream. Um, and then you wake up and you're like, God, that felt so real. Well, it was uh, real. So uh, they can come in uh, in dreams. They can little orbs. I've done the, a number of recorded sessions with clients where there'll be like a little gleam thing that goes flying across the screen, um, which I always think is like hilarious. Uh, I'll be like, you see it? And they'll be like, what? Like, Here, timestamp this one. Um, they can also drop, you know, little things in your path. So um, that's sort of a two-way conversation. So if you need a sign from someone on the other side, pick one. You know, um, say, okay, send me peacocks, send me flamingos, send me um, heart-shaped rocks. Me. Heart-shaped rocks are good, um, honestly, because they absolutely love uh, putting those in your path. I had asked a uh, relative, deceased relative of mine to do that. And I remember walking the dog on a trail. And in the middle of the trail, a large sized rock about the size of my hand had been turned up recently turned up, like almost like it had been dug up and the underside of it looked like a heart. So, I, and there were no tracks around it. Like it was odd how this one rock had just been turned up, but the rest of the ground, the rest of the earth was perfectly level, except this one rock was turned up and that was the shape of the heart. So you can ask for hardship rocks. Um, someone I was reading for uh, this week asked you know, for a sign from, you know, how can I tell that my mom's around? And her mom showed me um, a heart-shaped shell. And I'm like, a heart-shaped shell? Like, do they even make those? (laughs) Questioning this, right? I'm like, really? And she's like, just say it. So I'm like, I don't know, something about hearts and shells. Um, So I don't know, you know, if like they do like, someone might do a wreath because this woman's going to the tropics for vacation. Yeah. So I don't know if someone's going to do a, a heart-shaped wreath with shells or what the deal is, but my mom just kept saying heart-shaped shell. Okay. All right. Well, pass that along, mom. You know, and it would be, I, I really hope that client reaches out to me and like sends me a picture of what it is because um, that's the other thing, like 
unless they're thinking about it, I don't get the confirmation of what happened until maybe six months later when I see them again. So, uh, yeah, just ask for the symbol, ask for the sign. Um, digits, they love to put digits in front of you. So um, I so many people who are like, I wake up and, um, or I always look at the clock and it's, you know, 722 or whatever it is. Um, uh, that's just their way of waiting. So a lot of people are like, what am I missing? They keep showing me this. Nothing, they're just waiting. Um, so yeah, they show up all sorts of ways. They can flip lights. Um, they can actually, if they recently died, um, they can show up uh, almost in a solid form. So if you have an experience where someone came and sat on the, you know, they passed away and they sat on the side of your bed, that like happened, that happened. Um, it's not your imagination that actually happened. There's, um, I had, uh, I've had an experience where uh, someone I loved dearly uh, passed away two days prior to, and I only found out that night and was just absolutely devastated. And um, he showed up and climbed into my bed and gave me a big hug. And like, I can, I can remember the feel of his cotton shirt. And that just made, you know, it made me cry harder because uh, Kevin was gay. And so I thought, oh, he's climbing into bed with me. He really is gay. <laughs> he's really dead. There'd be no other way he would be getting into bed with me other than feeling like he's really passed on. So um, they can do that. They can come for like a, a physical visit um, where their body really does have kind of a solid form for a, a minute and then they're gone. So yeah, there are a number of ways. There's a, there's a fort not too far from here that does tours and visits that do reenactment. It's a revolutionary war fort. And so uh, at Halloween a few years ago, I was able to go and you get into the kitchen. There's it's a, it's a 30 people in a well-lit kitchen, they're looking and they're talking about a certain visitation, a certain spirit likes to visit to the point where she's in period garb, but she's so manifests physically that people thought that she was just another reenactor coming to do during the cooking demonstration. She came in, took the lid off of the pot, gave the pot a stir, put the lid back on. They're trying to talk to her because everybody's hanging out and enjoying each other's company, waiting for the next tour group to come through. And she turned around and walked through a wall. Oh my God. And they're going, this is this is this is crazy. And so they our tour guide, who is the head of the folklore department for the University of Delaware, tells this story and he shows this cold spot. You know, you check with their little meters and he says, Okay, you know, take some pictures. So the, it's a brightly lit tan walls room. I take my point and shoot camera and get this. No way. Oh my God. Amy, that's crazy. So you can see her skirt. You can see her, the apron that she's wearing. Oh my God. Wow. And so I was, I was convinced. I'm like, no one's going to believe this. Right. When you took the photo, you didn't see her. No, no. I, I could feel it cold, but I didn't see anything. That's and so he's like, he's, he's my, he's my witness. He's the head of the folklore department. Like I, I was there. She took it in camera. She didn't, there's nothing to alter or so. You wound up putting it in uh, Civil War Ghosts at Fort Delaware by wow. Ed O'Connowitz. Wow. The physical manifestations are so incredible. Yeah. Yep. 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 They are. They can freak you out. They can absolutely freak you out. Um, but don't get freaked out. Um, it's just them. You know, they're just popping by and saying hello. Usually. Like she did, you know? She's like, oh, there's something on the stove. Let me stir, Let me stir that. Yeah, there's not usually people here. Let's check them out. Yeah. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I feel like we're kind of at the end here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly can be. Yeah. Um, is there, um, let's do a quick uh, recap of Abby so we can tell people where, where to find your books and where, where, where does you the best benefit to find them? So um, the Abby Cooper Psychic Eye series <clears throat> started in 2003, um, and she's still running. I'm still kicking out those books. So I'm on number 17 at this moment. Um, or I just kicked out number, excuse me, I just published number 17. And Abby is a psychic intuitive that goes to work for the FBI. She ends up marrying an FBI agent, Dr. Rivers, um, and she's got a private 
I sidekick Candace, who helps out with various cases. Um, hijinks ensue. Abby uh, is probably the closest that you'll find to me being on the page, me being on the page. Um, so she's a salty bitch. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, uh, thank you, Judy. Thank you. It's so sweet of you to be on sports. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, one keeper after another. Um, I am really devoted to trying to make you laugh, um, feel suspense, um, maybe cry, shed a tear or two, um, and all within the span of, oh, and sometimes, you know, screw the shit out of you. I like you. <laughs> Um, and I try and do that. I try and keep you on an emotional roller coaster from beginning to end. Um, humor is a big thing for me. I love to laugh. Um, I love the unexpected punchline. So um, I try and dot my books with a lot of that. Um, I just try and entertain you from beginning to end. So that's the Abby Cooper Psychic Eye series. Um, and then there's the MJ Holiday Ghost Hunter Mystery series. There are 10 in that book, or excuse me, 10 in that series, 10 books in that series. And after 10 years now, I'm writing an 11. So I'm almost halfway through the 11th book. It is easy, but all of the usual stars are there. Um, Gilly, MJ, and Keith are sort of the main characters, and they show up um, bigly in this one. And then um, the uh, Life Coach Mystery Series stars Abby Cruz's sister, and Gilly Gillespie, who's MJ Holiday's sidekick, um, Abby's sister, Kat, borrows Gilly for a period of time, and I think since there. So there are quite a few series. <laughs> I have to do is, like, honestly, just go to my website, victoriadori.com, and click on the, on the books, and there's plenty there for you to read and get engrossed. So. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. So, yeah. So, Amy, thank you so much for having me. I loved chatting with you two days in a row. It's such a treat. I adore you. Um, and you are one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. So it's such a treat to get to hang out with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are too kind. Thank you so much for getting to hang out with me. because I've never done the live thing. This, is, this has been a treat. Yeah. It's awesome. Go do it again. Why not? It's cool. It's cool. It's super cool. So remember, we're all trees in the same forest, nurture each other. Till next time, this is the Blackburn Grove.